Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 712-712. I'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the Word of God from 1 Peter chapter 3. You can line up your Bible right now. Got some great music here from Marty Robbins and some letters. But right now, let's get to the throne of the Lord and ask the Father. Father, pour out your spirit on this program. Pour out your spirit upon everybody that uh, is your creation, that they may have an opportunity to be able to hear your word, the truth, through your apostle, Peter. Lord, um, we know there's a lot of evil in this world, and we know that you know it a lot better than we do. But we know what you know in regard to evil. We know that evil will spend eternity in hell if they don't repent. You came to save evil people. Uh, people that uh, think themselves to be so righteous. Those are the ones, Lord, uh, that a common harlot shall enter the kingdom of heaven before the self-righteous. There's so many self-righteous people and rigid uh, of course, uh, we know that uh, no sin shall, uh, on a person's soul shall enter the kingdom of God. People that have sin on their soul shall not be there. That's why we have to repent and live a just and righteous life while we're here uh, in this present world. Lord, uh, bring this to everyone's attention. Uh, let everyone be mindful of your word that they may be saved. Your word is Jesus, Father God. Jesus is the word of God, and he created all things for himself and by himself. Lord, and he suffered uh, before us all, uh, as we read in the scriptures, uh, that he is an example for us to follow his way. He says, come and follow me. Deny thyself, take up the cross, follow me. Lord, uh, rebuke Satan. Uh, you told us to pray to you in faith, believing. And Lord, I really am asking you from the bottom of my heart, rebuke Satan in everybody's life that is going to be in heaven. Rebuke him in everyone's life. Put a stop to him, a cease to him, close every door to him, and open doors for all your children here on this earth. I pray it, Father God, that souls will be saved, and the church, the body of Christ, uh, the actual body of Christ will be strengthened. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, and everyone says, Amen. Okay, here's Marty Robbins now to sing. You gotta climb that mountain. You gotta get up there. You gotta keep going. You have to, uh, go onward, Christian soldiers. You gotta climb. Okay, go ahead. You gotta climb it, scale the mountain. You gotta climb to reach the top. You gotta climb to see the splendor. You gotta climb, 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 don't you stop Well, the path is steep, where it leads upward The way is rough, narrow too But every step brings you higher Until that mountain peak will come in view 
gotta climb it to scale a mountain. You gotta climb to reach the top. You gotta climb to see the splendor. You gotta climb, climb, climb. Don't you stop? Don't you give up? Cause you're weary. You can't expect an easy way. A downward path leads nowhere. You gotta climb, climb, climb every day. You gotta climb, climb, scale a mountain. You gotta climb to reach the top. You gotta climb to see the splendor. You gotta climb, climb, climb. Don't you stop when you arrive on top of your mountain. You'll be glad that you struggled on. The view of all your goal around you. The struggle of the climb all gone. You gotta climb to scale a mountain. You gotta climb to reach the top. You gotta climb to see the splendor. You gotta climb, climb, climb. Don't you Uh, don't you stop. Uh, that's Marty Robbins. Uh, uh, Marty and I used to have a lot of great uh, conversations together. And finally, when we were in uh, Dyer, Arkansas, he was singing at um, my restaurant, Susie's in my restaurant there, and uh, called the, the Alamo Restaurant or the Alamo Restaurant on Highway 71 North going out to uh, Fayetteville right off I-40, and uh, Marty's talking about a lot of different things, and I, I've always admired uh, his uh, singing ability and his songwriting ability, And but that, that isn't going to do it, Marty. You know, you can't go up there just because you wrote songs like El Paso, and I, I love the songs. I really admired Ruby Ann before I was a Christian, and I still think that he just did a fantastic job, and he left that behind, but that isn't going to be anything to show uh, the Lord Ruby Ann, uh, you know, took the man, married the man, uh, or took the hand of that poor, poor man. Ain't true love a funny thing? It's a funny thing. And then I said, uh, uh, Marty, you got heart trouble, you know, and you're out there racing automobiles and everything, and Aren't you afraid you're going to have a heart attack while he was eating some butter chicken? He asked for a second order of it uh, because he liked it so much. And um, he just says, oh, I don't, uh, I'm not worried about that. And I, well, he, so I prayed him through over at our house. And uh, I was, I'm so happy that I did. And that's, uh, I, I love the way he sings and I love the, the way he was. He had a bitter kind of little bit of bitter streak in him about, managers because he's uh, and the people over uh, at the record label that he was on because he had a song that was uh like it had to do with the reincarnation i told him he, he wanted me to hear it so i listened to it he played it in our banquet room there for me and sang it i told him don't put that out marty i mean it might hit you know but i doubt it but it's talking about reincarnation. It was talking about him flying a plane, flying in a plane over El Paso, and he started recalling 
this woman that he was madly in love with uh, in Rose's Cantina, and she was a dancer there. And he he thought, I know this place. I know it, you know. And he was talking about reincarnation. I said, that's not, uh, you know, there's no such thing, Marty. And I explained to him that when people have these deja vu experiences, what it is, is that a demon left somebody's body and uh, that had a weakness, the same kind of weakness that the person that died and that demon leaves the body and goes to somebody else that has the same weakness. And um, so it's not that the person that died is living again in an... uh, but it's the demon that was in that person that goes body hopping. They go from one body to another. And I says, don't put it up because the Lord will be angry at you. And you know, we're all going to die one of these days. And you've got a bad ticker, a bad heart. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't want that on your soul. Uh, but he put it out anyway. And uh, he was angry at his record company because they wouldn't take some of the other material that he had written. And, of course, I used to be a manager. He said, managers are no good. And I said, well, there's a lot of singers that are no good either. You know, I mean, we just had a little round like that. But we were very good friends. And I really think he could have been a phenomenal uh if he would have moved in over where we were at, uh, I think he'd have been a great asset, for sure, uh, to the, anybody's ministry. Well, anyway, we're going into uh, chapter 3 in First Peter. Now, he's talking about the apostle uh, Peter is uh, talking about wives. Because so you see today that there's very few virtuous women. And they get uptight at me talking about this, but I don't care. Because I'm going to preach the word of God, and they really have to think about what I'm uh, going to read to them, because it's the word of God, and they definitely have to comply to it. Now, if you're married to a bad husband, I understand these things. But there's nothing good going to happen to you if you're, if you uh, like like to get conversations going with other guys rather than your husband, and uh, people think you're a slut. If you're a Christian woman and you like to just uh, get conversations going with other men, well, of course, uh, you're just killing your own soul. The Bible says here, likewise, ye wives. Be in subjection uh, to your own husbands. This is talking about husbands that are in the Lord. And, of course, the husband that's in the Lord is not going to say that much because he expects his wife to obey the word of God. I mean, you look like some kind of a chump if you tell your wife, look, uh, you're talking to these other guys, you're flirting with them, you're doing... You know, you don't want to say stuff like that because then they're going to think that there's, you know, more than they really are. Likewise, you wives, this is a commandment. Be, not, well, you know, try to be. It says be, absolutely be in subjection to your own 
not somebody else's husband, but your own husband's, that if any obey not the word, in, in other words, if uh, any wives don't obey the word of God, such as I just mentioned before, which Peter is the one that said it, they also may, these wives that don't obey the word, they also may, uh, without that are outside the word of God, be one. They can be saved by the conversation of the wives. Women see other women flirting with men and, uh, you know, just uh, inviting them over to the house and you go out to restaurants and they're totally occupied with some other guy. And uh, this is not going to win anybody's soul, is what uh, the Apostle Peter is saying here. And he was a married man. He was not the first pope. He's Jewish and he was... Uh, not even converted when he was walking with Jesus, but the Lord told him one of these days you're going to be converted. And then they're going to carry you away and you're going to be, uh, you're not going to like it, but you're going to be crucified. And uh, because he denied me three times is what it's all about. Uh, we're going to see at your very end if you're going to deny me. Because if you deny me at the very end, and you wives too, if you deny what I'm telling you to do, when the end comes, you won't have God. You won't be able to call on him and get your prayers answered because the Lord is sees you disobeying his word. Well, we are our own person, and therefore we can slaughter our own children, these uh, butchy women say. Well, you can do that, but you're not your own person. The Bible says that Christ purchased you with his blood. And your big fat mouth and your body is not your own. Christ bought it for him to live in and to work in. And so back off, you women, you uh, butchy women. You think it's smart to disobey God. Is that right? Well, Peter knew better than that. He had gone through that once before by denying the Lord thrice, three times. And so at the end, he said, I'm not worthy to be nailed to the cross the same way Jesus was, my Lord and Savior, he says, uh, crucify me upside down, because I'm a pineapple upside down cake is what I am. I don't deserve it. I'm a piece of dirt that God blew his breath in, and Jesus blew his breath on me, blew the Holy Spirit into my stinking nose, and I'm not going to stretch forth my tongue against him again. I want Jesus to know that I really am converted now. Converted to believe his word and do his word, not just to read it, but to do what his word says. Okay, you wives, you're not married to your husbands. It's like uh, the Lord told the woman from Samaria, he says, yeah, you're not even married. You've had all these husbands. 
The one that you're with now is not your husband. You're shacking up because your flesh finds it necessary to always have a man around the house. What are you, some kind of a queen of Sheba or somebody that you think that you have to have a man like a, a, a toy or something? Well, that's not going to work for you uh, if you're going to try to go to heaven because you're going to have the door slammed right in your face. You like to converse. You like to flirt. You like to lead people into temptation. But the Lord doesn't want you to do that, wives, okay? You're not chaste. But if you are like the Lord says, then uh, the people, the uh, women that are without the word, and the whole world is full of those, very rare to see uh, many women be saved, but they will be saved by, uh, or one, it says, by the conversation of the wives that are obedient to the Lord. Now, you're not leading anybody. There's a crowd of people. You think that the wives of other men are not watching you. You think that men are really um, being drawn to you. They think you're a slut. I mean, I do. Every time some woman is, uh, you know, give you the big guy uh, or something like that or starts talking, uh, monopolizing the conversation and just attracting, trying to attract your attention. Uh, this uh, reminds me very much of prostituta, prostitute. Okay, verse 2. So, well, first one, let's go. Be, you'll be one. You can win people's women, other women, by your conversation, your chaste conversation, and you're not directing the traffic during um, uh, a little get-together with uh, men and women, and you just pick out some man, and, oh, yes, and this and that, and, oh, you're just so intelligent. and No, he thinks you're a slut. And so does everybody else that's listening and watching you. You're no different than all the other women in this world today. And so don't call yourself a Christian if that's what you do, because you're not and nobody believes that you are. Okay, verse 2. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with the fear of the Lord. You don't have chase conversation. You're talking about this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And you think you're making a good impression. Well, my mother always told me to be nice to men and women. And your mother's right and God is wrong, right? That's what you think. But this is the word of the Lord that I'm uh, teaching here today. And the Bible says that while they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with the fear of the Lord, then you could win these unruly, these ungodly women that are uh, attempting to, they're, they're leaving their post at home where they're supposed to be. Uh, they're not supposed to be married um, if they're married to unsaved men. And if they are married to unsaved men and they get saved all of a sudden, that doesn't mean that you can leave. But if your husband is not willing to live with you uh, the way uh, 
that the Bible tells that you should be, well, then uh, you have the uh, right to leave them, the Bible says. Now, you ungodly men and ungodly women, you don't like that because that's too different from the world you live in. But there's a big world that is uh, that you can't see. It's invisible, and you're going to be... Uh, Stand there on the judge uh, before the judgment bar of God, or you're going to stand there at the mercy seat of Christ. The mercy seat of Christ, you'll stand there if your conversation is chaste and you have the fear of the Lord and you keep his commandments. It's not a big thing. You're not going to receive any big thing. You're going to have, uh, you know, whatever feels good is what you're going to uh, go for, you think, and that's going to help you out. That will not help you because 99, uh, 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, the time that you're flirting with some guy, they're thinking you're a slut and that you're no different than anybody else and you look like work and, uh, most guys today don't want to work that hard. There's a lot of people that don't want to be married to any slut. They're a dime a, a thousand. Okay, so um, uh, this is the word of God. This is not my opinion. This is the word of God. While they behold your cha chaste conversation, you're not trying to come on to make people like you. Because you're not that bright, uh, you women, by doing things like that. Because they don't think you're bright. They just think that you want to go to bed. And uh, just if they can fantasize that this might be a possibility that can do it, just so they can have something to fantasize. Oh, he paid attention to me. Oh, he looked at me. I held his gaze for a few minutes. They still think you're a slut. Don't you know that? Ask any man. Even unsaved men. That's why they're out cheating on their wives and bringing home AIDS to them. What good is it to be married to somebody like that? But it's a beautiful thing. You know, the Bible in the book of Proverbs tells, the last chapter of Proverbs tells of a, a woman. Uh, that is uh, chaste, a godly woman. Read it. While they behold your chaste conversation, you women's chaste conversation, coupled with the fear of the Lord, they can be one. Who's adorning? A lot of people get this scripture wrong. They're adorning. Let it not be that outward adorning where they hang jewels on their ears and they wear all kinds of rhinestone stuff to get attention and try to decorate themselves up like a Christmas tree. Now, it's all right to wear earrings, but not for that cause. Yeah, that doesn't show godliness when you put on jewelry and uh, mini skirts. That doesn't show that at all, or lipstick and rouge and all that. Uh, who's out uh, adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair. That's all right to plate the hair, but don't rely on that or look at that as a godly woman. Uh, that's what we call war paint. They're out 
head hunting uh, to hunt your soul. I mean, you can see the attire of a harlot, and they put these long earrings on and all kinds of jewels in their hair. When I saw Susie in heaven, she did have diamonds in her hair. There was like a beehive on top, and she had bangs that came down, and then the, the hair was swooped around her ears, coming out, and then cascading all the way down to her waist in the back with a a little uh, crown around that beehive. And then when she turned her head, diamonds would flash in those hairs. This is the Lord's adorning. That's okay. But she showed godliness outwardly and inwardly when she was alive. She never flirted with Ben. That was the thing that I had more reliance on her than any other human being on the face of this earth. I saw all kinds of men flirting with her and everything. And she just started preaching to them. She wouldn't be talking about, oh, yes, this, and the best place to eat is over here, and uh, I like this, and I like that. But she looked at men just like they were human souls and that they were going to spend eternity somewhere. And she wanted them to know that she wasn't available for them, and she'd always either be talking about Jesus or me. Nobody else. I mean, that was really honest to God, Susie. So who's adorning? Let it not be that. And she used to wear lipstick and everything. When I saw her in heaven, she had on red lipstick and this jewel, these uh, diamonds in her hair here and there. Not gaudy, but just so tasteful. It looked like some Tiffany uh, better than anything that Tiffany ever had or ever will have. Uh, adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of uh, different kinds of uh, fancy apparel. Now, it's all right to wear that kind of Susie dressed up and she use that, but when people would uh, advance, make an advance to her men, she would just tear, she could just make them feel so little by preaching the word to them, and they'd shrink back real fast. I don't know of another woman on the face of this earth that can do that. I've never seen it on that wise. I'm sure there are women like that. I was in Israel, and, uh, there was a woman there that was like that. She was uh, uh, she was the wife of a pastor that pastors in San Diego. And their bus came in. I was uh, living in Tiberias, uh, where the Sea of Galilee is. And uh, I wanted to uh, touch base with her husband. He's half Jewish and half Italian. And she... Um, said, he's not available right now. If you uh, stay around, fine. And then she just looked at another man and started talking to them. And I thought, uh, and she was talking to some women as well. And I thought, wow, you know, that's good. (laughs) That's the only other time I've ever seen that. Okay, so, uh, and she was dressed nice. Uh, I think it's a real turnoff. Some women need makeup desperately, you know, I used to jokingly say, or get a 
head transplant. Uh, but uh, it, you can't show godliness by the way, the clothing that you wear uh, if it's gaudy. Yeah, that's what it's talked about here. If it's nice apparel, uh, it's fine. But that's not going to prove to me, no matter how well-dressed a woman is, that she's godly. It's out of a good conversation. And uh, she's not, she's afraid. Well, I'm so afraid I'll put a person down if I just turn away. You won't put them. You'll be a good testimony to them and their wives is what you'll do. I can tell you from much experience. Verse 4, but let it be the hidden man. Well, what are, this is we're talking about women now. Yes, but it has to be Christ in them. So the hidden man is Christ. But let uh, the conversation or let the godliness be in you, the hidden man of the heart. It's inside your heart, your spirit. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. I mean, when the Lord says something is great, then it is great. And great is like a huge. Verse 5, For uh, there are some women in our church, in my church, that uh, are uh, that way. They are very uh, chaste. And they receive that by uh, knowing Susie. So her uh, the way she was influenced other women to be uh, like her. Okay? Like Ron Decker has a wife in our church like that. Uh, she's very chaste. She's very meek and quiet. And there are others. Okay? Like Steve Johnson's wife. And there are some others. My wife. Verse 5, for after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed, that's why I see it's so important... You say, why should we read the Old Testament? You wouldn't even know what this is all about here if you didn't. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, because it's a commandment to read the Old Testament, the New Testament talks about the Old Testament all the time. The Old Testament is the foundation. It tells about creation of everything in the world and in the universe. And it talks about, uh, you know, what's right and wrong. It's the law of God is there. Everything is there. And all the prophecies of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the end of the world, it's all in the Old Testament. You're cheating yourself. You cannot possibly get the full, uh, any, you know, it's the Bible. The Old and New Testament are the Bible. They're not two different Bibles. They are the Bible. One is telling you what's going to happen, and then... The New Testament shows you that it did happen. 
which gives you much faith to know that when the Lord says something, that it's true. And it's going to come to pass. Just that it did. There's over 333 different prophecies in the Old Testament that I've found that uh, tell of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he would be crucified and uh, the exact day when he'd be born and the exact day when he died. Don't you find that interesting? My God, I mean, you people, you know, come on. No wonder the world is so corrupt. You've got all these false prophets telling you, you don't have to read the Old Testament. (laughs) They're liars. That's the devil, folks. Verse 6, even as Sarah in the Old Testament obeyed Abraham, the first Jew, calling him Lord. You're my boss, my Lord. That's what Lord means. You're you're my um, head. The man is the head of the woman. That's what the Bible says. And if you don't believe God, well then, uh, who are you believing? You believe the Antichrist, the anti-God, the devil. Call him Lord, whose daughters you are, if or as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. You see some of them, oh God, they're so afraid of stuff. Uh, they know that there's sin on their soul. They're afraid to die. They're like goats. You know, I've uh, seen uh, cattle slaughtered. I've seen goats slaughtered. I've seen sheep slaughtered. Uh, we have to be like sheep. Obviously, when the sheep, when I saw a, sheep, a, a, a lamb slaughtered, they didn't do anything. I saw somebody slice their stomach open and the, all the stuff, and they just were as calm as a cucumber. Then I saw a goat slaughter, and they're they're climbing the fences and running and everything because they're afraid to die just like you are if you're not saved. And I've been at the Pierce Packing Company in Billings, Montana. Mr. Pierce was a good friend of mine. When I was just a teenager, I used to run a, a, a part of the Northern Hotel in Billings, and he'd come in and we'd have coffee together in the morning, every morning. And he really liked me, and I liked him a lot. He says, you're a happy person. You're very happy. And he says, your eyes look happy. My eyes don't look so happy uh, because I have glaucoma. But, uh, you know, if you could just see him spiritually, you'd know that I'm a very happy person. Uh, but, you know, amazement, as long as you do well and are not afraid with amazement. Some people say, well, he is Jewish or she's Jewish and they're very excitable. No, that's fear. Fear to die. You hear a big boom in the house or something like that. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Verse 7, likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. The knowledge of what? The knowledge of the word of God. Giving honor if they deserve honor, if they're due honor, giving honor unto the uh, wife. Why wouldn't you? I gave a lot of honor to my wife, uh, Susie. 
because she deserved it. As unto the weaker vessel. That doesn't mean that she's going to sin. God forbid. She never ever thought it. Never even crossed her mind. And as being heirs together of the grace or the power of life, eternal life, that you, uh, that your prayers be not hindered. If you don't do it, the Lord says, you can't get to the throne of God because there's sin on your soul. And your prayers are hindered. There's nothing that you can receive from the Lord. Well, when she'd get a hold of the Lord, I knew that she was of the Lord because you could just feel God pouring, filling the whole room with the power, his power, his spirit. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Well, how could you all be of one mind? I mean, I'm I'm into this kind of life, and she's into No. If you have a wife, she has to have her mind on the Lord. She has to put on the mind of Christ just like you do. And so when she does that, well, then you're not uh, growing apart from each other because one of you is working in a dance studio and the other one is a barmaid uh, serving uh, booze to other men and smiling at them and carrying on with them and maybe going out, uh, you know, after work or taking a break or going into the walk-in uh, refrigerator with them or going down into some little uh, con- convenient spot in the hotel or whatever where you're working. Be all of one mind. That mind put on the mind of Christ. Having compassion one of another. Well, is that having compassion if your wife is flirting with some other man? No, she's leading him astray. She's one of Satan's agents. She's using being married to a godly man. She says, uh, I assume that this man thinks I'm godly, and I'm going to use this as a cloak to entice this poor dope into having sex with me or turning him on at least. Finally, be all of one mind. Is that the mind of Christ, a woman that has that kind of a mind? Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. In other words, keep the commandments of the Lord as a brother or a sister does. Be pitiful. Not coming on to people. Be courteous. Be mindful that this is a soul that's going to spend eternity either in heaven or hell. Verse 9, not rendering evil for evil. Oh, he um, he won't follow me. He will not to be enticed by me. And so I'm going to say to my husband, this guy's flirting with me. That's an oh, or this person had sex with me. Like so many women and girls today do, and they've been doing it for ages. There's a case of that in the Bible with Joseph. Uh, one of his, uh, this man's wife, she, he wouldn't have sex with her. And so said, he, he, he tried to rape me, honey. It's an old female trick, a satanic female trick. Not rendering evil for evil like that, or railing for railing. I'm I'm not going to have sex with you. I'm going to get out of here. 
could stay away from me. And all of a sudden she says, this guy, look at here is his garment. I took it off while he was running uh, when I told him I was going to tell you. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But contrary-wise, blessing, knowing um, uh, that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. You're supposed to do what the Lord says so that you can be blessed. If you're not blessed, then you're cursed. And if you're cursed and you don't know it, well, then you're extra stupid. You got problems in your body? Nothing goes your way? Well, <laughs> wonder why. I don't wonder. The word of God lets me know. Verse 10. He lets you know the word of God. For uh, he that will love life, that's eternal life, and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. In other words, don't talk bad. Or don't be a conning guys to go to bed with you, and you guys don't be leading female son. Well, you know, I've been told I'm a handsome blade, you know, and I just want to see... I'm, you know, kind of over the hill as far as age is concerned, and I'm going to see if they'll pay attention to me. But, you know, uh, that is not, uh, you're not going to get your prayers answered by doing that. And his lips that they speak, no guile. Now, uh, I'd like somebody to come forward here uh, from Puerto Rico. Okay, now, let's hear what guile is. Deceitful. Cunning, duplicity, stratagem. Duplicity means you got a double mind. One minute you're, oh, I'm of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. And then the next minute, hey, you know, I'm a swinger. Okay, go ahead. Trick. Yeah. Result of deceiving. You're trying to get, uh, make somebody one of your tricks. You're a deceiver, and God knows it, amen? Okay, so let him eschew uh, evil. Let your woman or the man, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek um, peace with God between you and God and ensue it. Okay, what is uh, let him eschew evil? What is that? That's what Job did. He eschewed evil. To avoid habitually, especially... Yeah, make it a habit out of just avoiding, fleeing from the very appearance. Get your eyes back in your head. You know, I used to see these cartoons of these wolves, and their eyes would come out of their heads when they were looking at uh, females and females the same way. Get your eyes back in your head. Okay, go ahead and explain it. This is this chew, then what? To avoid habitually, especially on moral or practical grounds. Right. So let him eschew, avoid evil, this type of stuff, and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Let's pursue it also, huh? Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Why, you don't feel the Lord? 
Well, that's because you're doing something that causes the Lord to turn his ears from you. He doesn't hear your prayers. And so you're blaming God. I don't believe in God. I prayed for years. Yeah, you flirt for years and you pray to God and he doesn't hear you and you don't hear him. You have no evidence in your heart that he hears people because of the way you are. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. Whose prayers? The righteous. Right means you're doing what God says is right. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And I just got through telling this whole chapter, in this chapter, what evil is. Well, you know, I'm my own person. I'll kill my babies. I'll talk to men. I'll, I'll go to work. I don't want to stay at home and take care of the kids. Uh, there's daycare centers today, and and the kids are turning out to be murderers, drug addicts, and everything else. No, uh, the Lord has created people. To, the, each one of us has positions. The man has a position, and the women are supposed to have a position, but they're not fulfilling it. They're modern-day Millie. Modern-day Millie, you're going to be, uh, you're going to look really bad at the judgment bar of God. Verse 13. I saw these women. I have been placed in prison on false charges, and I'd see some of them um, in the sheriff's department, and they're carrying guns and flashlights and badges, and they're marching around, and uh, they're flirting, and guys are... Uh, sounding on them, and they're digging it really a lot. And uh, one of them even said to me, she said, I'm short and cute, don't you think? I said, well, you know, I have a wife. One of them came to my cell in prison and just stood there uh, when it was everybody else was a chow. I didn't want to eat it because it was stuff that I didn't like. She just stood there like, what am I supposed to do? And that was a good testimony to those women because they never seen anything. All the cops are sounding on them, and that's what they love. But that's short-lived. This has gone on over like 10 years, of, uh, 11 years ago, and now they might very well be dead and in hell. So the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And if God is against you, how the... How can uh, you possibly prosper if God is against you, you idiots? Verse 13. And who is he that will harm you? Is there anybody in the world that can harm you if you be followers of uh, that which is good? No, there's no one can harm you if you be followers of that which is Good. Verse 14. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, well, you're happy. Happy are you. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Why, I mean, I've had everybody and, and, and the devil and every one of his imps after me, and I'm just happy as a lark.
because my God says I'm not to be afraid of their terror, neither be uh, troubled. Do you think I'm troubled, anybody in this room? Not at all. Because I know that there's no secret thing going on that's not really secret to people. I mean, people see you. God sees you. You're not doing anything in secret. Because your conversation shows that you're not of the Lord. Verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Separate God uh, in your heart and uh, shut everything else out. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why are you not afraid? They ask me. Why? I'll tell you why. Because I serve the Lord and the Lord said that there's nobody that can come against me to hurt me. And I believe it. Verse 16, having a good conscience. Oh, it's so nice to have a good conscience. I'm not sneaking around doing anything that the Lord would not have me do. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that do such things as that. Falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing rather than for evil-doing. I'm going to take this up again on the next message. But right now I have to stop. We've got some letters, and uh, you know a lot of people like to hear the letters, so... Where's the first one from? From Tucker, Arkansas. Okay, is that a prison there? Yes. Okay, what do they have to say? Dear Mr. Tony Alamo, Hi, my name is Randy Crizel. I've recently turned my life over to God, and I'm trying to do things right now. I'm at the Tucker unit. I've been talking with a few guys in the barracks, and they have been telling me about your radio show. I listened one night. You preach a good message. I'm also sorry to hear how the government has been towards you. Well, I want to ask you if you could bless me with the money to get a radio. I can only listen to your program when someone will let me borrow theirs. I don't get money sent in, and I'm pretty much indigent. $50 would get me a radio and batteries. Also, could you send me information about your churches? I've been hearing I can parole out to them. I've been giving this some thought, and I want to do things God's way now. Well, Mr. Lamo, I'm sure you get all kinds of letters and stuff, so if you don't help me out, I'll understand. Also, Mr. Lamo, I have been hearing that we are fixing to be getting good time for stuff, so I should be paroling around September 2010. Well, I guess I'm going to go. God bless you, Randy from Tucker, Arkansas. All right, praise the Lord. We've got less than one minute. Go ahead. you got another one? This is from a chaplain in State Correctional Institute in Dallas, Pennsylvania. Beloved in Christ, greetings in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I have had the opportunity to read and look over your publications, and after doing so, I like what I see. And I think it would be a blessing to the men in our congregation here at the State Correctional Institute at Dallas, Pennsylvania. 
If possible, I therefore am very interested in knowing if it would be possible for you to place me on your mailing list to receive a donation, a bulk shipment of 15 copies of every issue of your publication in both English and Spanish if this is possible, or as many as would be possible to be placed on the literature rack in our chapel for anyone who wants them to take them. I understand you also have other literature available. If so, I'd also be grateful if you would please send me a list of the literature you have available. I do hope and pray this will be possible. Thank you in advance for considering my request. I will be looking forward to hearing from you in this regard. In Christ's service, W. Paul from Protestant Chapel State Correctional Institute in Dallas, Pennsylvania. All right, praise the Lord. We've had many requests like this from prisons and from libraries all over the world. We're in um, a lot of, most of the university libraries, I mean, major universities. You could name it, and we're there. Uh, I see um, it's a really a nice, it's a, that's why I get so much uh, mail from prison, is because of my literature is there, it's there to read, it's in libraries all over the world, and uh, they're coming out with uh, d- different people in um, other areas, uh, say Africa and India, are coming up with uh, <clears throat> university teaching. I mean, it's all my literature. And that's just amazing how the Lord could use a nothing person like myself to, um, you know, if you'll just get his word out, it doesn't matter what a scrounge you were before. Uh, if you'll just get God's word out, uh, he will, um, yeah, it'll be used by people and people will be saved. Praise the Lord. All right, it's time to, uh, for us to pray. And, um, uh, you know, Unless, if you're really uh, sincere about wanting to serve the Lord and do what he says, that's right, it's just do what he says, it's so simple, then he'll hear your prayer now, and he'll enter into you, and you'll feel power, you'll feel new, you'll be a new creature. So do that, do that right now, and be born again of the Spirit. This is, you must be born again, Jesus said, of the Spirit. And be baptized in the water. Okay, here we go. Just say this prayer to the Lord and mean it. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, and I believe that uh, he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of your power, the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. Enter into me, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. Cleanse me and make me whole. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. Jesus, you died on the cross to save my soul and shed your blood that my sins could be forgiven. Therefore, uh, you won't turn me away. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away. All that call upon the name of the Lord, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me. I know that you have answered me. I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands and praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this um, program, number 712-712. It's free of charge, including the postage and handling. 
Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, this is Rural Pastor Tony Alamo. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for another step toward the kingdom of God, the straight and narrow way. And um, here's Marty Robbins again. Praise the Lord. Uh, He's in heaven now singing, When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the trumpet of the Lord's sound time will be no more and the morning breaks the eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn to setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. Yonder I'll be there